Welcome to Lunch with Lads. With uh, I'm with Pokemon Master Steven. It's Steve Ketchup. Oh, Steve Ketchup. Sorry, Steve Ketchup. Um, I'm glad that you joined Lunch with Lads. Anyone else joining? Um, I want to know. know. That's the really important question here. Well, you know... It's been 10 minutes since our Lunch with Lads Bible study started. And it looks like if anyone shows up, it's going to be late and they're going to be confused why there's a recording bot also in the chat. Yes, that sounds about right. But I thought we would do uh, a live Bible study of what Lunch with Lads actually does. Okay. So maybe you want to introduce yourself to the audience that will be listening to this. So um, I am Pokemon Master Steve Ketchup. Just kidding. That's just my Discord name. I'm Steven Carbone. Um, I am a huge Pokemon nerd, in case you couldn't tell by my name. And I love the Lord. Great. That's all people really need to know. Everything else is just details. That's pretty much it. And what are your thoughts on owning a Mr. Mime Pokemon as your main? Honestly, I don't hate Mr. Mime. Unlike most people. He doesn't scare you? Give you nightmares? No, not really. Never did. Well, that's very uh, mature of you. So, we usually start with an icebreaker question. And my icebreaker question is, when have you impressed everybody with your smarts? Name a, yeah, name a time when you impressed everyone with your smarts. I mean, I feel like that question is specifically tailored to me because anyone knows me, they will know that I am a pretty smart person. Ah, um, uh, you, you were born to answer this question. Though. Yeah, uh, like I'm just that. trying to think of a time. Okay, so um, went to a private Christian school, and for a while, every year, we went to this academics competition that was put on by um, ACSI, which is short uh -huh. for the Association of Christian Schools International. Uh -huh. um, in seventh grade, um, I went to the ACSI academic competition for math, which basically what it is, is you are given four math tests that are timed and you just answer as much as you can and it's based on how much you get right 
Uh Uh, You get a question right, you gain a point. You get a question wrong, you lose a point. You don't answer, you don't get anything, basically. Um, And there were four. There were four of these, and I got second place out of I think it was like twenty or thirty seventh graders. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. So, so you're still humble because you didn't get first place, but you're oh, no, smart. I, I, okay. So the person, the funny thing is too, the person who got first place was the person that I had been talking to a lot in between the tests. <laughs> um, yes. So it was really funny because mm-hmm. he got the top two, and um told him after he was announced his first place that I would be back uh, next year, but apparently my math teacher in eighth grade didn't know that I wanted to go, so I didn't end up going badly. Uh, All right. So I can't remember when someone said, Mike, you're smart, but for some reason when I play trivia games, that involve like a lot of uh, geeky and random knowledge, people can rely on me. Um, I know those weird references and like. See, I know a lot of trivia, but when it comes to trivia, pop culture is my kryptonite. <laughs> yes. See, culture is, is my best friend in that. So I guess I guess we would make a pretty good team then. Yes, you answer Trivia. all the, the science and math questions. I'll answer. Yeah. Um, I can get I can get a lot of the history ones too. Yes, I'll answer all the 1990s sitcom questions. <laughs> yes. So now to put you on the spot, can you remember what we talked about last week? I wasn't there last week. So the obvious answer is no. Yes, um, so <laughs> that, I that is correct. My, I have to put myself on the spot. Yeah. Okay, Mike, what did we go over last week? Um, well, as you know, Mike, we're doing the book of Proverbs. Oh, very good. Um, chapter 7. We talked about uh, the the naive man who falls into the trap with the wayward woman. And we watched a video called from uh, Daniel, uh, Andy Stanley about how our decisions lead into habits. So there's no such thing as an innocent bad decision because it all leads to a habit, a direction in our lives. I feel like I'm just getting the rundown of what I missed last week, yep. which is great. You're getting the cliff notes. So mm-hmm. in your brain, if you ever tell yourself, ah, oh, you know, I need to take a break from righteousness, this little harmless one will do. Um, chapter seven begs to differ with you. It says that is the, the highway to death. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're moving on to chapter eight. Mm-hmm. Chapter 8 goes a little something like this. I don't do every verse, 
because a lot of it kind of overlaps. Uh, That's so Hebrew like, poetry for you. Yep. <laughs> so first we talk about how wisdom raises her voice and she's looking for people to follow her and she calls out to men and to children and She's just a she's just a big generous offering of uh, smarts, which is great. You know she's open. We can we can kind of get um, similarities to how God is searching for people to take under His wing for mentoring, and how wisdom is kind of a personification of that. Um. So do you want to read verse 12, 13, 12 through 15? All right. I, wisdom, share a home with shrewdness, and have knowledge and discretion. Fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. I possess good advice and competence. I have understanding and strength. It is by me that kings reign and rulers enact just law. Okay, so just starting off, um, wisdom likes to hang out with that P word, prudence. Can you find uh, a good definition for prudence? Yep, I'm on it. Go well, to um, oh. website, dictionary.com. Okay, good. And I'm seeing a couple different things. So quality of being wise in practical affairs as by providing for the future. That's the first one. Uh-huh. Caution with regard to practical matters or discretion. Uh-huh. Guard for one's own interests. Provident care in the management of resources economy or frugality so great so wisdom aka um the fear of the lord aka knowing that god is in charge is best friends with discretion and carefulness mm. would you agree i'd say so because um Whenever I think about, like, even just, like, stereotypical, like, the wise man, the stereotypical wise man, like, they're very calm and very cautious most of what they do. Uh -huh. they, they think about what they're about to do before they do it. Right. And um, some of the more uh, European countries, they call us Americans, they call us prude <coughs> because we're more uh, conservative, which means that we don't, we don't jump into the deep end when it comes to uh, wild decisions. Do you think that should be an insult or should that be uh, a compliment? I feel like it's a compliment to an extent. 
Because, yes, it is very good to be cautious in a lot of things. There are certain times that you need to throw caution out the window because it, it just depends on the situation. Oh, absolutely. Yes. There's a, such, a, such a thing as being too worried. Mm-hmm. So, verse 15 says, By me kings reign and rulers declare what is just. Um, would, you, would you agree that God is in control of the people who reign over us? Or does it seem like they're going off and doing their own thing? I'd say, yes, God is still in control, even though it may not seem like it, because Mm -hmm. his are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. So even though it may seem like people are going away from God, one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest, I guess you could say, men of God, yeah, one of the greatest men of God of all time, um, grew up um, hating Christians. Of course, I'm talking about Paul. Yes, yes. Uh, Yeah, and you can definitely see that God had a plan. Mm -hmm. Because then Paul um, was trained as a Pharisee, and he studied the scriptures a lot. And then once after Jesus had appeared to him on the road to Damascus, he was then able to use knowledge of the scriptures that he had been building up for his entire life to connect it to Jesus. Right. So, yeah, Paul was definitely uh, reigning over a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. I mean, technically, when the Lord found him, he flipped it and he became the servant of all people so when we look at today's politicians and they make those decisions and if we were to take this verse at face value and said by me kings reign and rulers decree what is just one might assume that uh, maybe God missed a few politicians or he, he let a few of them uh, under the radar. Um, what would you say to someone who has that critique? Not really sure. Uh-huh. But, um, know that she says that God has dominion over all authority on earth. Um, and like I said before, it also says that his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. So while it may seem as though like many people that are in authority, are not following God's plan mm-hmm. could very much be doing just that um, because God's plan is way different than what we could ever think of. It's true. It's true. There's that parable of the 
God uh, making people managers over things. And there are good managers that abuse, and or I'm sorry, there are bad managers that abuse, and then there's good ones that do what the master wants. And both of them have to make an account of what they've been in charge of. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, good news that God is the final word over our authorities. So, moving on to verse 17, will you read that? I love those who love me, those who search for me, find me. Okay, great. This is still wisdom talking, right? Yes. Yes, so wisdom is is a people person. Um, What does it mean? in this verse specifically, to be loved by God. We, we throw that love word around a lot, and it means different things to different people. Well, I mean, I, I'm not really sure how to explain the loved by God. Uh-huh. But, um... I guess I could say I could compare it to this, like because we are God's creation. I felt a sneeze coming on there for a minute, but uh-huh. it backed off. That means um, we are God's. Creation. When you think about like something that you make, it could uh-huh. be like the ugliest thing ever, but you're still gonna love it because it's something that you made. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, as, as you say, you know, love comes, uh, looks different. You know, when my parents love me, they, you know, they take me to Disneyland. <laughs> or, you know, because that's, you know, I'm part of their family and, you know, they want to bless me. And um, when my parents go to Disneyland. Uh, yep. Yeah, when my parents see uh, my report card and it's all A's. And they want to show like a reward for me. So I don't know, they up my allowance. And um, do you think it's that kind of love or is it a different kind of love? Mm -hmm. I think it's more so like the kind of love that actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I think it is kind of that kind of love because when God is our heavenly father, I mean, he may not always give us stuff out of love for us, but um, he's our heavenly father. So he loves us like a father loves their child, at least like a father should love their child. Right. And when you were naughty as a child, did your parents... Um, I mean, they still fed you. Yeah. And they, you know, you were still allowed to sleep in the house. Yeah. Um, but they also didn't bless you. There were certain things you couldn't have, right? Yeah. It's called discipline, loving yes. discipline. Yes. 
So Romans 8.28 kind of uh, adds a whole new uh, level to this verse. So, for we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, right? Absolutely. So, um, that is kind of like the Christian promise of destiny right there. Um, that when we, we love God and we, we choose to follow the Christian path, the Christian lifestyle, and we put our trust that God knows what he's doing, uh, God's mm-hmm. love takes us to, uh, God's love is that it's going to be for good. Um, yeah. And, you know, that, that word good can be funny to some people because, you know, tacos and Nintendo are good. But we're not necessarily talking about that good as we're talking about, you know, when you follow Christ, you get the be- the greatest quality Christian life under Jesus's definition, mm-hmm. which means you, you learn um, the best lessons. You uh, receive the best qualities through training with Christ. Um, you you get the, you get you get God's lessons, and they're the best lessons and the richest lessons, and they lead you down the best path known. You no, know, I feel like the that word um, good has been mm-hmm. really. The meaning of it has been really diminished by the right. culture, because um, like, I just think of the story of creation, how God said that everything that He created was good. You're right, right, absolutely. I by the current definition, by like what we think of when we think of good, we'd think, oh, okay, yeah. No, God was saying that what He was making was perfect be a comparison word i guess mm-hmm. right that that word means so much and yet to some people means so little mm-hmm. yeah but you know part of the christian life um, is finding out what God finds good. And that's kind of like the whole purpose of Proverbs is it's just a list of things that God finds admirable and good. And then also a few things mixed in there that God finds bad. Yes. Right, right. And then everything else is like things God finds terrible <laughs> and uh, trying to live according to that way. But his promise is that uh, when you seek those ways, you get his love. And trying to define what that love looks like um, is the is the true the true test. Because to a selfish child, love looks a lot different than to a prudent man. I'd um. I'd, I'd agree there because mm-hmm. to a child, like, love looks like, oh, somebody's giving me this and they must love me. 
I should love them too because they give me stuff. <laughs> right, right. And when your parents make you eat your vegetables as a child, you don't think that is love. No, definitely. But when you have uh, when you're later in your adult years and you have organs that work and uh, actually help you because you had the right nutrients, I would say that's a great love. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, moving on, we go to verse 25 through 31 of chapter 8. Right. I was delivered before the mountains and hills were established, before he made the land, fields, or the first soil on earth. It was there when he established the heavens, and he laid out the horizon on the surface of the ocean, and he placed the skies above. The fountains of the ocean gushed out, and he set a limit for the sea so that the waters would not violate his command, and he laid out the foundations of the earth. There was a skilled craftsman beside him. It was his delight every day, always rejoicing before him. It was rejoicing in his inhabited world, delighting in the human race. Wow. So... Every so often in Proverbs, God drops his resume. Um, just to remind us that uh, at the very beginning, um, wisdom and smartness was, is what created the, the foundations of the world. Just in case you were wondering, is this wisdom trustworthy and good and something uh, worthy of following? You can be like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the same knowledge that created a mountain and the same knowledge that uh, made the oceans. And, you know, in, in a way, you yeah. can kind of think of uh, the, perf- you know, you know how engineers are perfectionists. Yeah. And, you know, they, they have to get everything to the right decimal. Well, oh. That's God's wisdom for our life, is um, everything's perfect. I, I would definitely agree. Um, and I'm just thinking of the old saying, measure twice, cut once. Yes. Um, and then, like, me also, too, being, like, a huge math and science nerd, like, in chemistry, for example, um, you gotta have like such precision with um your measurements get the right values. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, sometimes when we read the Old Testament, especially in Leviticus and Numbers, is which is what I'm going through right now, we think those laws are ridiculous. And part of that reason is because, you know, Western culture um, totally can't relate to them. They've gone soft, basically. Yeah. And the, the other part is, is some of those laws were so harsh, um, but without that harshness and without that strictness, um, we wouldn't have some of the, the government's 
and the, the rulings and the laws we have today because they're heavily borrowed from that. I mean, I think of the, the one that I immediately comes to my mind just because it was something that was a major thing that happened in the life of Jesus as well is the whole thing with um, a woman being caught in adultery should be stoned to death. Yes. And, like, when you think about it, like, in Western culture now, adultery mm-hmm. is a fairly common occurrence. And it's still something that's looked down upon, but it's fairly common. And nobody would, I don't think that anybody would doing it as much as they do if we had the same kind of punishments as they did in the Old Testament. Right, right. In fact, if you try to uh, assemble a lynch mob to help a good friend of yours who uh, you found out his wife has been uh, disloyal, uh, you would go to jail and you'd probably get the chair. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I wonder if God foresaw, um, or by putting special emphasis, like life or death matters on marriage, it kind of shows you where his heart is. Um, and it kind of shows you how, how much he respects our, you know, he respects what he gives us. So, you know, yeah, he, gave definitely. Me, he gave me my wife. And um, any idea that, you know, my wife is, you know, easy to swap and I could give her away is completely ridiculous and not even an option in the, in the Lord's government. Yeah. I just read the story um, where there's a, in numbers where there's a guy just he's picking up sticks on the Sabbath, and uh, Moses had to pray like, "What do I do with this guy who's picking up sticks on the Sabbath?" And the Lord told him, "You know, send him outside and stone him," and that's what they did. And I'm like, "Man, that's wow, that, that's harsh." Uh, yeah, that's a little harsh. <laughs> right, right, and but you know. It tells us a lot about what is important to God. God commanded to have that one day a week. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, typical, typically the um, Hebrew Sabbath is Saturday because it's the seventh day of the week. Yes. Um, I mean, I'd say that I'd say that I don't think God really cares what day it is. Right. Have that one day a week where you can rest. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, for me, that day is Saturday because Sunday we have, I mean, I have church and then we have a bunch of errands that we run on Sundays, a bunch of like Uh weekly errands. But I mean, if you have Sunday is your day to rest. Mm-hmm. Have Sunday as your Sabbath. Right. And the whole idea that our work doesn't define us is is big with God. 
that we can actually take a day off. Yeah. So, moving on. Now, uh, read verses 32 through 36. Okay, right to the end of the chapter. Yes. Now, my sons, listen to me. Those who keep my ways are happy. Listen to instruction and be... Excuse me. Listen to instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Anyone who listens to me is happy. Watching at my doors every day, waiting by the posts of my doorway. The one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. The one who misses me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Ah. Ah, that's like strong. All who hate wisdom love death. Yes. That is very strong. I feel like yeah. that's pretty condemning for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If you ask anyone off the street, they say, do you have wisdom? Of course you're going to say yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people, will, like they'll say that they have wisdom. Mm -hmm. Then their don't show it. It's kind of like the same thing with faith. Mm -hmm. um, like you and I were talking about um, in our first meeting, where it was just you and me, uh -huh. um, where uh, we have faith and works together. Like you, don't, you can't have just faith, and you can't have faith without works. You got to have faith by works. Yes. It's shown by your works. I feel like it's the same kind of thing with wisdom. Your wisdom is shown by your action. Absolutely. Yes. Is it wake, Is it works or faith? Or is it having faith is a faith that works? As they mm -hmm. say. Um, yes. Now, one of the things Proverbs kind of brings up um, always is, you know, blessed is the one who listens to me watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. Um, can you think of a time in American culture where we like to wait in line for something, perhaps a holiday? Well, I mean, I was about to say, um, actually, what I was about to say doesn't actually really make that much sense. So, but I would, I would say Black Friday. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we will we will wake up at six a.m. Some people some people will pull all nighters. Yeah, to get forty percent off a TV. Um, and in this, no, in this yeah. You know what's crazy? Some of those sales aren't even sales. I I'm pretty sure I just I'm pretty sure I just blew some minds there. Yeah. Like, sometimes they will um. Slowly throughout the year, they'll hike up the prices. That way, then uh -huh. on Black Friday, they can offer these huge "quote unquote" sales. It's really just the same price that it would have been in like January. 
That's horrible. No. Yes. This is going to sound uh, very dated of me, but um, there was back when Toys R Us existed. Oh my gosh, I'm old. Miss Toys R Us. Yes. Um, not, you're not that old because I'm the youngest one on this Discord server, and I remember Toys R Us. Right. There was um, Microsoft had their own iPod um, competition called the Zune. And on Black Friday, Zunes were $40. Holy. Yes. How long ago was this? Um, probably early <coughs> 2000s. <coughs> um, but I, rem- I remember wanting one so bad. But then I thought about the line. I thought about how early I had to wake up. I thought about... How everyone else knew that this deal existed, and I said, uh, "You know what? Getting a Zune for forty dollars. There must be more to life than this." And that's my uh, Black Friday story. I don't think I've ever done Black Friday shopping. At least not that I can remember. Oh yeah, because I mean. I don't think that I would have ever gone Black Friday shopping as a kid. It's mainly just because my parents hate crowds, specifically my mom. Mom hates crowds and my dad hates shopping. So, yes, not a good not a good mix for Black Friday when you think about it. They should make a holiday called Empty Friday, where only one person is allowed in the store. Well, that's like every day now. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Every day is empty Friday. I like that. Yeah. Yes. At least until further notice, as they're saying. Right. So, wouldn't it be amazing if we followed this verse and we waited in line for wisdom, like some people wait in line for TVs? That would be so amazing. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Sadly, the world just doesn't accept it. Yep. And I I feel like if you've read through Proverbs and you get up to chapter 8, you know that the author is kind of begging the audience to want wisdom, the same wisdom mm-hmm. God used to create the earth. Um. He wants you to he wants you to want that wisdom and to follow it. I mean, I don't know I don't know who was writing this section of Proverbs, but I know that Solomon wrote a large portion of Proverbs. Uh-huh. When you think about Solomon, God asked him God told him to ask ask him of one thing and he would give it to Solomon. Uh-huh. And so Solomon asked wisdom and because and god said because you've chosen wisdom over anything that is of the world i'm going to give you everything of the world as well yes and as it says in verse 19 my fruit is better than gold even fine gold and my yield than choice silver so Mm -hmm. i don't think you can uh 
I don't think you can uphold wisdom enough. And I don't think it's a coincidence that in John chapter one, Jesus, you know, is called, you know, the wisdom, uh, the word of God. He's like the, uh, the living personification of this. It's really interesting in John chapter one, because I mean, it's, it's always been something that I was kind of confused with as to why John called Jesus the word. Right. Of all things that he could have called him, calls him the word. I mean, I don't know if it's maybe just like um, something in translation or if it's like meant to be like the... Oh, wait a minute thinking it's meant to be like the fulfillment of the word of God, meaning the Old Testament prophecies. Jesus is the fulfillment of those Old Testament prophecies. That's like the, really the only idea I have. Yeah. When we talk about the word, um, it also like, I like to think of as like the stone cold truth, the, yeah. the absolute, the absolute end of the line um solution and um it it has a lot to do because he's talking to a greek audience and there's a lot of significance to the word as in how they understand it i wish i had uh my my smarty pants bible next to me because then i could read a, a dissertation but we'll have to save it for next week. Yeah, because we are just about out of time. We are, yes. So this has been our first recording of Proverbs 8 with Lunch with Lads. And if people, uh, if you are hearing this, that means I successfully turned it into a podcast. And if you like this, let us know and we'll record more. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Stephen. Uh, Pokemon Master Steve Ketchup. <laughs> um, yes. It was a it was a joy. It was. Yes. And uh, anything else you want to leave with the group? Um. Oh, I can't really think of anything. All right. Well, everyone have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.